Welcome to Just With Wanda. Hey everyone, welcome to season four of Just Win with Wanda. This season is so special and I can't wait for you to meet our guests. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to Just Win with Wanda, where we uncover the real life stories behind people winning in their industries. Today's episode is super special to me. We have Juliet Udochi here in the virtual studio. To me, she's a big sister and to the world, she's a community leader, event coordinator, and global change agent. In her most recent role, Juliet is the founder and CEO of the Playbook Agents, which is a dynamic agency that works with clients to draw up creative and innovative plays to help them achieve their philanthropic goals. Welcome to the show, Juliet. Hi, Wanda. global change agent I was like I didn't never said that before I mean I have done some things globally so I I'm probably to um, update my resume or my LinkedIn with that on it (laughs) yeah feel free to to steal it you know once you went international had to upgrade you a bit (laughs) to that global change agent yeah I like that yeah yeah But yeah, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, before we get into your new venture, I would love to kind of take it backwards so the audience can get to know you and your upbringing and really see how all of the pieces and all that your experiences led you to where you are today. Um, so I know that you are born and raised in LA. Tell us a little bit about your household in LA. It's a Nigerian household. I'm sure when you were growing up, it was interesting times, 80s, 90s. So tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, you know, Nigerian. Ibokwenu. Hey. Um, so, like, I, I like to say, like, my background is, you know, kind of funny because, you know, like most Nigerians, you know, my parents moved here in college, um, had my brother and sister, you know, right, you know, when they moved here at an early age. And then um, after my father graduated, my mom was in school and pregnant with me. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this side about me, but um, my mom had me and like graduated early. Like she said, she took like seven, eight courses um, while pregnant with me because they were going back to Nigeria soon and she wanted to, you know, graduate before she went back. So she was taking all of these courses while working and pregnant with me. And then after she had me, they moved back to Nigeria in two weeks. So um, I actually like went back home almost died in the process because it was freezing cold. I'm born in January. They went through Germany's long, crazy story. Um, so we were there for four years and then um, came back to America when I was four years old. And we um, came back with me, my mom, um, sister Joanne and Judith was actually in the, the belly. So my mom had her um, in 89. And I like to say like at that age, I'm four. So I understand the world around me from being in Nigeria and having a whole culture shock in America. Right. And, um, came to America and it was different. Um, throughout, throughout my childhood, like in, like in adolescent, I've always had this trying to balance and understand like what it is to be Nigerian, what it is to be black. Um, 
I, I did a lot of things to try to connect with the black culture. I used to watch a lot of deaf comedy jam. <laughs> My neighbor, I mean, our babysitter, <laughs> she would watch Jeff, deaf comedy jam and BT and all this stuff. So I grew up saying a lot of stereotypic things that I thought that, you know, black said to make me, you know, feel like I was black and all this stuff. Um, but it, it it's a, uh, I think it, it, it really shaped me and not just that, like coming here and, you know, seeing my mom struggle. Um, you know, she was this amazing woman. She struggled. She went to school, did a double master's, worked like four jobs while raising five kids at the same time. And um, just seeing how life changed from this five of us. And a lot of times my older sister was the mom because my mom was in school and working all these jobs. And, you know, the the we played a lot of pranks with each other. We fought a lot. Um, but the one thing that I can say is just a great thing about me and my siblings while we're so close is that, you know, our mom made sure that we were connected, right? Not just to each other, to our family, but our community, our Nigerian community, our roots. And um, I believe that just really played a um, played a big part in, you know, the development of Juliet and who I am today. Yeah, no, that's beautifully said, Juliet. And definitely, I see your mom and you and, and the decisions that you decide to make. Um, it speaks volumes to her impact that she's had on you and, and beyond you. You know, I think if in, in L.A., she has a legacy that lives uh, for, forever. And even in Nigeria, same thing. So yeah. when you came back to Nigeria, I'm sure it was a bit of a culture shock, like you said. Um, what would you say was the the most unique way or the funniest way you tried to as- assimilate into the culture, the black culture? Oh, gosh. So the funniest way is, like I said, I watched a lot of Deaf Comedy Jam. And I used, wait, can I curse on this podcast? Unfortunately not. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> you can okay. Um, be creative in the way I that can you can be creative. It. Okay. <laughs> so like I said, I watched a lot of Deaf Comedy Jam and it was this lady, I can't remember her name, but she used to always say, I'm an effing lady. And I will walk in, uh, mind you, I'm in elementary there and at this time. I used to walk into class and say, I'm an effing lady. I will repeat everything from the movies that we were used to watch from our babysitter. I remember a time um, watching Poetic Justice, and I'm probably like six or seven at the time. And it was a part when Jenna Jackson said to Tupac, like, do you want to like, it's something she said, it was very explicit. And I walked, I went to school and I said it to a kid. Oh my gosh. Like, my mom used to be like, what is wrong with this girl? Because <laughs> I repeated everything I heard. Because imagine I'm coming back to America, I'm four years old, little skinny, little, you know, dark skinned girl. You know how they used to do the little um, mm-hmm. string braids in our hair. And I'm like, hello, my name is Juliet. And I'm trying to, you know, trying to relate. And uh, when I realized I was different, uh, I wanted to understand why I'm a very, even to this age, an acquisitive person. And I can say uh, me trying to assimilate and me trying to understand what being Black was uh, got me in a lot of trouble. Um, let's say that. But I like to say what actually was a switch and made me really understand what the Black culture was. Um, like I said, my mom was busy. She worked a lot. She was in school. It was five of us. She enrolled us in Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Um, and I can talk about how, you know, fast forward 20 something years, me working back there, me working for that organization. But I had a big sister and my big sister was a successful black woman. 
you know, she owned uh, practices in Los Angeles. She lived in Ladera Heights. She had this big, beautiful mansion. And she will, you know, we will go to like Black History Museum. We will do all these events. And she really taught me how to carry myself in the community, right? She taught me about racism. She taught me about all this stuff that my mom couldn't have teach me about the culture because we weren't Black, you know? And at times people will get offended when I say that, like, I, I can't under fully never understand the plight of a black person because I'm Nigerian. Right. But my mentor, even to this day, you know, we're still close over 30 years later. Um, she, I can say she was that part that like that made me say, you know, at the end of the day, I'm Nigerian. But when people see me, they see a black woman. So I'm going to carry myself. I'm going to carry my community to make sure I'm representing my community as a black, as an African, as a Nigerian properly. So that, that I think that was a turning point for me um, at a young age. Do you remember which age that was? And if, if so, what are your thoughts on the importance of mentorship um, at an adolescent age? Yeah. So I, um, like I said, I think she, my mom signed me up. I had to be like eight or nine. I was still in, um, in elementary when I started with her. And um, like I said, I started working for Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and it's important, not just for adolescents, for adults. We all need mentors. We all need someone who is doing, you know, who's, who's been where we are, who are in the role, if it's corporate world, where we want to be one day, like mentorship is important. And um, I think that's why when I started, you know, when I got the position at Big Brothers, Big Sisters, why I went so hard, because it's important. And not just that. In a lot of these communities, we, I worked in a, in a, you know, the community was very, very, was very underserved. You know, a lot of these kids didn't have hope and, you know, they didn't believe that they can make it out their circumstances. So me working with, you know, the organization, working with, you know, the, the Hawks, the Falcons, you know, um, alphas, kappas, and all these different, you know, um, organizations to get mentors, especially for young boys, was very, very important um, because they need that. A lot of times they don't, they don't see um, that silver lining. They don't see a way out of their situation, but a mentor, somebody who has been where they have been, who can show them, this is what I did. This is who helped me. That can be the turning point in a lot of their lives. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And if, even for myself, um, assimilating into the culture, having individuals that have thrived was mm-hmm. was pit- pivotal because my mom, you know, she didn't go to school here. So mm-hmm. a lot of the things I was learning, I was going through as a first generation college graduate or first yeah. generation high school student. Um, so it was it was really those mentors that helped me and guided me. Um, to make good decisions. Granted, I still probably made some interesting decisions, but yeah, we all do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I wanted to ask Juliet, since it came full circle with you actually working for big brothers and big sisters, being on that side of things where you're working with mentors and you're not necessarily the mentee, Mm -hmm. what would you say are some qualities that make a good mentor? Because I think some people want to mentor and, and maybe they are hesitant because they don't feel like they have the perfect life or they're not really yeah. checking off all the boxes that they want to yet. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's such a great question. Cause that was always the issue like that I would have, like my life is not perfect. I don't have the answer. I think a quality of a mentor is somebody who just wants to show up, 
All right. A lot of these kids, they don't ask for much. They just need someone to show up in their lives. Somebody who kind of knows what they want in their life or someone who's been through a tough situation, who made it out their situation, who can give advice to another kid who, you know, may be in the same you know situation as them. I can give an example of a situation with a mentor and a mentee. Um, of course, I know I won't disclose the names, but I was interviewing um, a girl. And at the time, the girls, the girl lived in a really tough area in Atlanta. And um, she came home from school, you know, single mother, couldn't find her mom. And I guess she was walking around the neighborhood and asked people where her mom. And then her found her mom. Her mom was, you know, was deceased in the alley. And um, so when they brought the girl, they were like, well, you know, she has a lot of issues. She's upset. She's this, she's that. And I said, well, what, why? That's the question I asked instead of just saying, okay, I get it. It's just another, you know, I, and I never call kids bad. I, 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 it really makes me mad when I hear adults and teachers and educators say that about kids. Um, but I come to find out the reason why she was acting like this is because of trauma she was experiencing from just losing a mother. And then the mentor uh, was this amazing lady who was nervous, right? And she was just like, I don't think I have the tools. I don't think I have this. And I disclosed to her, hey, this is what this mentee, I think that your childhood, because she you know, lost her parents at a young age, your childhood and the person you grew up today will just really probably help this young girl out. And when I tell you, because I do, I would do my, my monthly check-ins with you know, mentors and mentees. And the way this girl's personality, the mentee changed so quick. She got into swimming. She wasn't fighting anymore at school. She was actually happy every time I would come to, you know, to visit her. And this happened just in a, a few months, right? Imagine if we never did that, if I was just like, oh, you said this kid is, you know, BAD. I'm not going to work with her. And that happens a lot with our young kids, with our, you know, our, our black and brown students in, 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 in certain areas and certain schools that at, at a lot of times, we look at their situation, the way that they're acting, and we say that, you know, there's nothing they can do, we can do for them. But not saying that mentorships will change a person's life forever or the end all be all, but it's just that part of a person coming and showing up and showing the kid that they care and they listen. Sometimes that little nugget can make such a big difference um, in, a, in a child's life. And I've seen that happen multiple, multiple, multiple times. And I can say that was just um, the best part about doing the work that I was doing for the organization. Based on your previous experiences, right? So you had excellent mentors. You had a very strong family unit. And I think that really speaks to how you carry yourself now. Another question that tends to come up is around confidence and having confidence as a Black female, especially in your position where you're rubbing shoulders with different types of personalities, different egos. How do you maintain your confidence and how did you build up your confidence? So this is, this is uh, and the only reason I'm going to, I don't say this a lot, but I'm only going to say this because, you know, I love you, Wanda, and I, I feel that it's important for um, parents to pour into their kids at a young age. So, uh, like I said, I came to America for, and, um, coming into these schools, like I never really saw so many light-skinned people before. 
And, um, you know, I came in thick accent, my twiggy braids, dark skin. I remember, you know, they was like, oh, you're black, African booty scratcher. Oh, why do you look like that? Why do you sound like that? And I came home from school crying one day. And still, this is still elementary, probably third or fourth grade. I came home crying and I went to my mom and I was like, mommy, they're saying this about me. They're saying that about me. You know, why, why, why am I like this? Why is my skin like this? Why is my hair like this? And you know what my mom did? Oh, gosh, I'm gonna get emotional. Um, she took me to the mirror and made me look at myself. And she was like, you know, you are beautiful. You are amazing. Your skin is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. You will, you will, the sky is your limit. Nothing no one says to you um, can hurt you. And my mom would say, anytime you feel bad, look in the mirror and tell yourself these things. That, she likes to say, that's the gift and the curse about me because I'm, you know, super duper confident or whatever. <laughs> but that right there was the turning point. Like nothing a person could, you know, kids, you know, they talk mess, say whatever, but it never actually ever really affected me anymore because my mommy told me I was beautiful. My mommy told me my skin was beautiful. My hair, my, you know, my big eyes, my accent at the time that the sky is my limit and I can do what I want. And, um, I still repeat that to myself days that I'm down days that I, you know, get nervous or days that, you know, my confidence may not be the highest. I still recite those things, you know, to myself. And, um, I, I you know, I know not even believe, I know that that simple action of, you know, sitting me in the mirror and saying those things to me um, was was life changing, was the best, one of the best things my mom could have done for me at a, at a very young age. Yeah. And it, it has definitely set you up very well. Um, and I'm sure you probably still repeat those affirmations, maybe in other ways, rap lyrics, songs. <laughs> oh, girl, can't go out and play, but yeah. <laughs> But it's important, though, and I, I think that's great. I would say at your core is service and all throughout your career and upbringing, that seems to be a common theme and the things that you enjoy doing. Um, so what led you to really focus on that as a career um, and then also finding ways to incorporate cultural aspects to it and creativity to make it your your own in a unique experience? Um. You know, it's so crazy how I even stumbled on like philanthropy and nonprofit. <laughs> I always laugh. I'm like, how am I still doing this? What? I feel like we're all put on this earth for a reason. I believe that, you know, God put me on this earth to to help, right? If it's working through a nonprofit, if it's, you know, using your gifts and talents to help others give back. There's so many people who need help. There's so much disparity in the world. And I feel like in I noticed that, you know, at a young age and, you know, I like to say of us growing up in South Central, but me being bussed out to school in West L.A. and seeing just the difference in the community of cleanliness, police, homeless, um, violence. I, I noticed a difference at such a young age. And um, as I got older and I, you know, I kept trying to think about what I wanted to do with my career, what did I want to do for a living? it all kept coming back to service, right? Started a daycare 
at you know, 19 years old and you know giving discounts to single to single moms and um funny we're looking through some stuff and I found all my daycare work my you know crystal stairs all these programs that I was helping with my my parents pay you know supplement for their daycare services um and then you know working with people with disabilities right going to best buddies and noticing that there's so many people with disabilities who want an opportunity to have a uh a normal life or whatever we, you know, consider normal, but they just want to have their own to sustain themselves or noticing how much disparity there is in the world, but then going to Atlanta. And then, you know, I could say it was the reason why I go so hard, right. Is it was my first week in Atlanta and I was just driving around. I got lost and I ended up in Bankhead and it was rows and rows and rows of abandoned homes there's people outside then working in schools and learning about it. And I'm just like, this is, how is this America? How are people living like this? Why are people living like this? There's so much money out there. Why are we not doing more? So I kind of like made it a, a, a mission of myself, right? That yes, I work for big brothers, big sisters, but mentoring is not the end all be all. Let's learn about financial literacy. Let's Let's do a food drive. Let's let's help these parents, you know, get food for Thanksgiving. Let's help them with back to school and Christmas. My mind just started flowing and working because there's so much that needs to be done. There's so many people that needs help. And my mom would say, well, Julia, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't help them all. But I know I can't. But if I have the ability to, to help others help and ex- expand that helping and that reach and that impact, you know, that's what I want to do. And um, I think I've made it a mission that um, one of the reasons I created the playbook agents as well, because it was like, Hey, I want to do something that I'm going to love, right. Being really intentional with everything I do in life now. And with this, this, this business that I can use my gifts and talents, talents, sorry, to continue to give back and help others give back. Um, not just in the U S but all over the world. Um, I know I said a lot, but I'm sorry. I get all up. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's okay. It just speaks to the passion that you have for what you're doing. And as a, a third party individual looking at your growth, I can tell that you're really excited about what it is that you're doing. Um, The energy and the enthusiasm exudes in your pictures and your videos and how you communicate about it. Like I can tell that this is, this is, this is what you were meant to do. And that's exciting to see you like in that space, like really doing what it is that you were called to do. So thank you. I want to say that as a, as a little sister looking out, <laughs> looking inward. Uh, yeah, that's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so just wanted to talk a little bit more about the playbook agents now. So mm-hmm. yeah, it hasn't been around for that long, but I think you've done a lot in the short amount of time that it's been in existence. So talk to me about your when you had your first agent or client, rather, uh-huh. how was that experience? Any nerves? Probably not because you have that confidence and you knew what you were doing. But talk to me about like what motivated you to take that first step. Yeah, no, I, I think it started first from like freelancing with, um, you know, different clients that would start from the company I was working with and start helping them outside of the company. And I was like, I can do this. Right. Um, 
you know, the, the, the company has changed a little, which hence the change of the name and the logo and just the work that, you know, I've been doing. Um, but, um, you know, it was, it started off as, uh, somebody reaching out to me and saying, uh, my client Sheldon Williams, like, Hey, you know, I, I know you've been doing this nonprofit thing for a while. I see it on your social media. I'm starting this foundation. You know, can I be your client? And it's crazy how God works. Cause at that time I just like created the name and the logo and didn't have a website or anything. It's just someone took a, someone like, you know, uh, someone had faith in me and just, you know, took a risk with me. Um, just by off the strength of what I've been, you know, putting out there. And I was nervous, right? Because when you work for a company, you have the backing of the company. You have a whole team, you have development, you have program managers, you have volunteers, you have all these people doing all this stuff. But then to come in like, okay, I'm going to create the event. I'm going to find the sponsor. I'm going to write the grants. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know what I mean? So it was that, all right, you do this for our companies and you help them make, you know, million dollars and you do whatever, whatever. Bring that, put that energy to you. And um, I feel like once I kind of had that light bulb moment, like, girl, this is what you do, what you scared for, that it, um, it, it, it kind of just flowed and, you know, doing events in Atlanta with, you know, back to school events, basketball clinics. This is our second year this year of doing um, our uh, uh, sports youth day. You know, my client wanted a day, especially with COVID, right? Then COVID put a big wrench in the business for about, you know, two years. Um, you know, having this event, community event, having two to 300 kids and families out there, with free backpacks, free food, free resources, vendors for the families. And, you know, doing that and the client feeling happy, the parents feeling happy, the kids, that's that's what it is. And um, it's, it's exciting going to Ghana, doing a football clinic in Ghana. And I, I love the fact that people, they, you know, they trust me. They're allowing me to help them live out their dreams of helping the world and helping kids. I'm just excited to see, you know, what else I can do, grow. The goal is to grow the business. So it's just, you know, not me doing all this, mm-hmm. um, getting a team so I can do more. So what's next for the business? What's up your sleeve and on the radar? Oh, what's next for the business? So I'm in this whole like um, pitch and grant writing and really trying to create the whole brand around, you know, myself and the work that I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So it's one thing to write grants for other people, but writing grants about yourself and submission videos and joining pitch competitions. I could say that has been making me nervous, right? Because I can talk about another person, but when I talk about myself, sometimes it feels weird. Um, the goal is to get more clients. The goal is to you know, go back to Ghana. The goal is to do more work in um, Nigeria. The goal is to help other kids in different cities in in, uh, in the U.S. now that I'm in L.A., um, have a big fashion show with a new client coming up in a few weeks. I'm really, really excited for that. Um, you know, having a, we had a casting call and seeing these kids, right? They seem shy when they walk up and, you know, you put on Beyonce, you and Break My Soul, and they're just walking and they're posing. And um, it's, it's really, I'm really excited for, for, this, uh, for this new wave of the playbook to see what else, what else I can do. 
who yeah. else I can impact. Yeah, I'm excited for you too. Um, as far as the playbook agents is concerned, are there any areas that you haven't really tapped into yet or kind of like a wish list or yeah. Yeah. something that you, you really want to do that's on your your vision board, but you're not really sure how to how to get there yet? Uh, I want to build a full team. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the goal. I want to build a team of of you know next generation philanthropists, you know, event planners, um, program managers. I, just, I, I want to build a team. That's that's my next thing. That's my goal uh, for at least my first quarter of 2023 is to have at least a team of like three or four. That's awesome. And currently you, you do everything yourself or are you able to like outsource certain things or uh, how's, you know, how's your, how's your, how do you do that girl? Um, <laughs> so I've been outsourcing uh, interns, right? So I, I work with a lot of universities and um, work with students who are going to school for like social entrepreneurship or um, nonprofit management or, you know, students who have a background in marketing. So I, I've been working with a lot of uh, universities to, to get some amazing um, students. And I think, and that goes to mentorship as well, right? Because the students who are getting a degree in social entrepreneurship, they one day hope to be in my shoes and start an, uh, a nonprofit or start an organization where they're working with nonprofits. So um it's been it's been really cool, you know, working with this ne- these next generation um, change makers. In your role, it's very unique, right? So when you work with these interns, and I'm sure they have tons of questions for you, what's the biggest advice that you can give to them as far as how to get to where you are, or just entrepreneurship in general? Yeah, um, I like to tell them to just make sure, like, if you're doing this work, like. If you come in it just thinking the money's gonna come tomorrow because I'm an entrepreneur, don't do it. <laughs> like you know, it, it, it's it's a grind, and I, I love to tell them to come into it open minded, right? Knowing that you have to be flexible. That no two days are going to be the same. No two clients are going to be the same. No two events are going to be the same. That this being an entrepreneur, period, working nonprofit or philanthropy, period you have to just have a big head. You have to wear many hats because it takes a lot of work. And at times you may have to be, you know, eight different people at one time. Like there's times where I'm like, I've been in Los Angeles and I've planned what three, four events in Atlanta while being here and understanding that, Hey, you have to be a people's person. You have to just be flexible. And um, yeah, that's just the, the, the the biggest advice that I, I try to give them um, when they're coming into this or the questions they have for me. And just to dive deeper into being a people person, I know that's an also an area of, not an area of concern, but can be challenging for certain individuals. How were you able to develop that, that skill set, like networking with people, developing relationships, and how have you seen that impacted or aided where you are now? Yeah, I think it's just being myself. I'm a, I'm a, like a natural social butterfly. I love meeting people. I love being in different spaces, and um, that. And I'm not, I'm not really a shy person, right? So it's 
it makes it easy for me to go and stand in front of a room of, you know, a thousand people or have the president or whoever in the room is just like, y'all famous, y'all whoever, but I'm Juliet. I'm, I'm a big deal as well. So you guys don't make me nervous. Um, so I, I think it's that, but yes, I have to understand that a lot of people are not like me, right? A lot of people may be nervous. And I like to say, when you get into a room and you may feel nervous, it's for you to realize why you were there, right? You were in that room for a reason. So it doesn't matter who else is in there, that you walk in there, you keep your head up high, um, that you, I always say like today, when I go into this networking event, I have a goal of meeting 15 people, of getting their phone numbers and um, following up with them, right? So I would do that. I will go make sure I'm getting the cards by the next day, send them an email. Hey, it was so great meeting with you. When they reply back, hey, can we meet for coffee? Um, and being intentional, being real, right? A lot of times, people get lost in the sauce and they feel that they have to change who they are in order to, to fit in, right? Being yourself, being your authentic self. And I think that's the issue we have so much is that everyone wants to be whoever they think that they need to be to fit in or for people to look at them or treat them differently. Um, you know, be, be yourself. I like to say this Jay-Z quote, like, um, I never change. This is Jay every day. Yes, situations in my life are going to change. Yes, I'm going to grow. I'm going to flourish in life. But as far as like who I am in the core, Juliet, you know, I'm Jay every day. Nice. Literally Jay every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, thanks so much, Juliet. And I think this is a perfect segue into the questionnaire to get to know you, get to know Jay, Juliet a little bit deeper. You like yeah. that? You like that transition? I like that. That was <laughs> okay. okay, first question. If you had to describe yourself with three words, what would they be? Um, okay, I think the first word is multifaceted. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Like five words in one. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like so many things they're like, what? Okay, so I can't use multifaceted. Um I will say um, butterfly, right? Social butterfly. I can say full of life. Is that, that's, that's one, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> full of life. And I think the last one, I don't want to say impactful because that just seems so corny. Um, but I think I'm just saying impactful. So that's what moves me is trying to have an impact. Okay. All right. That was good. Yeah. So, but, but I couldn't use multifaceted, right? We took that out. Okay. Yeah, we had to take that one. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> um, if your friends or family had to describe you with three words, what would they be? Oh, full of life. I don't want to say crazy, right? So I'm not crazy, but like, I'm just really, really energetic. They're like, how do you have energy to do all the things that you do? Let's say loving. Okay. I, I love all the people in my life. So, and I, and I, and I let them know that all the time. So let's say loving. Nigerian Jalaf or Ghanaian Jalaf? Oh girl, let me tell you, I had these people in Ghana. <laughs> it's Nigerian Jalaf all day. I'm sorry. All my Ghanaians, but it's just, and I had it from like two, three different places. And it's just um, a juiciness that is missing. 
in the Ghanaian jollof. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to Accra, the, the rice was good. It's just, it's different. It felt, it felt more nutritious and healthy yeah. and airy, which is not a bad thing, but you know, I think I preferred the juice. <laughs> yeah. Tomatoes. Like, yeah, it was just, it was just missing something. Mm-hmm. Afro beats or hip hop. You just saw me quote Jay-Z. I mean, I, I love Nigerian music. I love my Afro beats, but it's, and it's not even this new hip hop. It's, it's, old school not even like old school like you know run dmc old school like old school <laughs> jc and Max and little wayne and drake that's what i mean 90s early mid 2000 rap this new stuff i can't really do with it um but i mean i, I mean i love my nigerians but um i'm a i'm a hip-hop head all day it's jay all day she all day it's jay all day yes. <laughs> and, and it's drake i love you know as you know Huge Drake fan. His music today is kind of, eh, but um, old school Drake too. Okay, that's actually the next question. Your favorite musician? Uh, favorite musician is Jay-Z. Wow. We should have saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what? So it's so funny. We're like cleaning out like encyclopedias and everything that when Jay-Z would say certain words, in his songs, we was like, oh, we never heard that before. And we'll like look inside the dictionary or look inside the excite. Like he he's been on like this a new wave forever. And I don't think there's no one touching him. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. What's a must-have clothing item that everyone should own? Ooh. What's a must-have clothing item? Everyone should look at me and let me look in a closet. Um, it can't be like a bra or, or no, underwear. No. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to say bra, because nowadays a lot of these girls are wearing bras, and I'm just, it's just <laughs> okay. Um, a good pair of jeans. That's a good like, one. A good pair of jeans that fit your body right. That that's if you're tall that's long enough like I think for me it's so hard to find a good pair of jeans so when I find one I typically will buy like two pair heels or sneakers oh heels interesting I thought yeah. you struggled with that one and said 50 50 uh-uh like it's so funny because now I get into that kind of debate with my friends at times because I mean, I like sneakers. I, you know, I'm looking at a pair of Jordans on my floor right now, but I appreciate the older I get being feminine. You know, I appreciate putting on a nice pair of heels with a dress or a nice pair of heels, you know, not saying it has to be six inches stilettos, but you know, I appreciate being feminine as, um, as I get older. So a nice pair of heels all day, comfortable heels too. Mm-hmm. Favorite sports team. I think I know. Mm, again, I gotta go old school, right? Lakers, Kobe. I don't know about these new guys. I'm still going to be Lakers because I'm from LA. Was Lakers your answer? Yep. That was my answer. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't switch it up on me. Nah, nah. I'm kind of loyal. Kind of loyal. What's a TV show you're enjoying today? Does it have to be a new show or a show that I watch all the time? It seems like we kind of have a theme here, so we can we can go with, <laughs> with something older. <laughs> okay, so a show that I watch all the time. I watch The Office. I watch The Office 
every single day. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm late. I'm a late bloomer to the office, but I literally watch it every single day. But if we want to talk about a new show, I really liked rap. I thought I wasn't going to like it because I was just like, oh, I don't I didn't think I was going to vibe with it. But the show is actually really good. I just finished watching it and um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I would have to agree. At first, I was confused because yeah. I have my insecure hat and that's kind of yep. what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But the more I just stayed on the bandwagon, it ended up being a very, very well written series. And I'm excited to see what happens next. So I would right. have to I think I think a lot of people are going to catch on kind of late. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hope she has a couple more seasons because it was it was a good, good um, storyline. Very really good. Yeah. Yeah. What's your self-care routine? So I have been into my face lately. I've been into, I don't know if you notice how, you know, glowing and stuff right now. Um, (laughs) um, I feel like with the stresses of life and COVID and wearing masks that my face, I felt like I was 16 years old and, um, TikTok, I don't know. TikTok. I love TikTok, but I started watching all these videos and watching all these um, face routines and products and everything. And uh, I saw my face do a full like 360. So like my new thing now is, you know, getting facials, giving myself mini facials, you know, trying new products. So that's like my new, like I wake up and that's my morning quiet time. When I go to sleep, that's how I unwind by just giving myself a good wash and exfoliation and everything. Um, That's, that's my, my self-care right now is focusing on my face. That's the money maker. Yeah. Warm weather or cold weather? Hot weather. Hot. I like hot. I'm from the West Coast, baby. When I moved to Atlanta, I was just like, when it snowed, I said, what is going on? This is supposed to be hot Atlanta. Why is it snowing? Why is it so cold out here? Like being back in LA, I was I was trying to figure out what to wear the other day. And my sister was like, why are you rushing to wear that dress? I said, because summer is over. And she was like, it's not going to be cold until like December. You have time. And I was like, oh, yeah, L.A. I I love it. I'm the in college. I used to be like the dark skinned girl, like out there sunbathing with all like the white girls in the dorms and stuff like that. I love the sun. I love the heat. (laughs) That's interesting because I would I wouldn't have classified L.A. as being hot. Really? But I yeah. mean, it's it's the best warm, weather. but it's not like sticky and humid and like south hot in the summer, you know? Oh no, no, no! I don't. I, that's like hot, but when you add that humidity and then the rain, I don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's heavily played on your music playlist right now? Beyonce. I'm still on that Beyonce craze. I'm still playing Renaissance like every day. Three things you can't live without. Three things I can't live without. Tacos, tacos. Can I say money? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tacos, my glasses, my my contact, and my family. Can I add that? Yeah, sure. It's it's a bit multifaceted, but it works. It (laughs) It works. I I, I can switch it up. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. That's usually what people say. Friends, family. Okay. Yeah, so. People say tacos. That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Love um, it. What's your favorite holiday? 
my birthday. That's fair. I agree with that. I, I party. I mean, I, I'm over here thinking like now, like, what am I going to do for my birthday? I haven't had like a really big birthday in a few years. So like this or next year, I'm like really looking forward to like throwing myself a legit celebration. So yeah, my birthday. And finally, what makes you smile the most? Seeing people happy. I feed off the energy and I'm a weirdo. Cause I walk around like the mall smiling, like weird. Um, but people watch a lot and I feel like there's just so much pain and agony and stuff that's going on in the world that a smile to me is priceless. So seeing people happy is the motivation for, you know, what I do for my career, what I do in my life. That's a big thing. A lot of things like make me smile, but you know, I have these smile lines. I smile so much, but, um, seeing people happy. So it sounds super corny, but yeah, that's, that's it. That's nice, Juliet. So thank you so much for a beautiful conversation. I, I feel as though I've gotten to know you a little bit better and your journey has been such an inspiration to me witnessing it as well as just hearing you narrate what has happened and what has inspired you and what has impacted you. And it all makes sense. It all makes sense why you are who you are today and where you'll be going. And thank you for imparting wisdom to my audience and just sharing your time. And we're excited to see what's next for you and your your company. And before we let you go, we'd love to give you a moment to maybe let us know how we can reach out to you, stay in contact your social handles for your, your agency. And, you know, if if there are any opportunities or what to be on the lookout for. Yeah. And Wanda, again, thank you. You know, I've been like, when you started this, I'm like, can I be on your podcast? (laughs) 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 I just think it's about what you're doing. So thank you uh, for having me um, and allowing me to be vulnerable and be myself. I, I really love that. Where can you find me? You can find me. I'm always, oh, you can find me on Instagram. My, let me look, because I'm always changing my name. Um, the Playbook, you can find the agency at the Playbook Agents um, at Instagram. And my Instagram name is Miss Juliet. And it's J-U-L-I-E-T, no extra letters, dot U. Um, you can go to the website, um, playbookagents.com to find out events. I'm always looking for volunteers. I'm always looking for individuals who, you know, want to give back, but they don't know how to. So I'm always open to help consult um, or help you establish or create, you know, any initiatives that you want to do for the community. So, yeah, that's how you can find me. Perfect. Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you so much. If you haven't already, check out our merchandise on our brand new website, JustWinWithWanda.com. We love reviews, so remember to leave us one and subscribe today. For information on podcast ads or sponsorship, visit our website or email JustWinWithWanda at gmail.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.